Our reading is from the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 15 to 22. Luke said, Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I'll die. And there will I be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if ever death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stalled because of them, and the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Those are the words of the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we come into your presence this morning with thanksgiving in our hearts, O Lord. At this moment, O Lord, I ask you to bless Dindi as she speaks to us, O God. May the words that come out of her mouth, O Lord, be filled with your wisdom, wisdom, not the wisdom of the world, O Lord. And open our hearts for us to take in all that she says, O Heavenly Father, and put it in practice in our lives. We pray this believing and trusting in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If I ever misplace uh, the mic in the wrong place, in my, please forgive me <laughs> in advance. <laughs> I'll ask. Question for you. How many people enjoy stories? Are you? Like, I love them. I think evidence of the fact that we love stories is the many people who watch movies. Right? Those are stories. Good movies are anyway. Some movies maybe don't have too much going for them in that way. Ruth, the book of Ruth, is a beautiful story, isn't it? In fact, it's called a gem, like a a jewel sparkling. The narrative is superb. And it's read every year, I discovered, in Jewish synagogues at Pentecost every year, the whole book of Ruth. It's a beautiful story, isn't it? So we're going to be talking about it like a story this morning. I hope you've read it, chapter one at least, and if not, we will be. You can track with me as we go. You know, I don't know about your cultures, but when I grew up, and a lot of us from the West, if somebody was going to tell a child a story, usually it would begin with what? Once upon a time. (laughs) Well, then you knew you could settle back and relax because you were going to hear a nice story. Well, this book begins, this story begins in the days when the judges ruled. It gives you that same feeling, doesn't it? Sit back and listen. You're going to hear a good story. 
Now, what does that mean, the days when the judges ruled? About when would that have been? When would it have taken place? Well, approximately 1,200 B.C., before Christ, to about 1,000 B.C., a period of 180 to 200 years. Those are the period of the judges. And I'm sure a lot of you have read the book of Judges, which comes just before Ruth in your Bible. It was a very up and down time, wasn't it? But there were periods of peace, especially when the judges were alive. It was when they died that things got crazy. But this was the period, up and down, up and down. Now, Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, and their two sons, Malon and Kilion, were Epaphrathites living in that area, Epaphratha, of Bethlehem. And as you know from the scriptures, if you've read it, there was a famine. So they had to do something. They couldn't stay there and possibly die, starve to death. And famines did come. We've read many of them in the, in the Word of God, different times. So they went, the whole family left. They thought it would just be for a while, didn't they? That's what the scripture says. What did it turn out to be? Over 10 years. Life isn't always as planned, is it? They left. <clears throat> they went to the land of Moab. If you look at your map, you will notice that Moab is to the southeast of Bethlehem and Judah. They would have walked there probably taking four to five days. And it was not a place I think that they would have chosen had they said, where would I like to live? We don't always choose where we want to live, do we? And Moab had a very checkered history also. You can read in Genesis the origin of the Moabites and the Ammonites. They were the incestuous offspring of Lot, the father of the two women who bore these children. So the Moabites had a very on-and-off relationship with Israel. Sometimes they were at war, sometimes they were at peace. This must have been a rather peaceful time because they were able, Ruth and her, I mean, Naomi and her family were able to go to Moab. So they went there and they settled down, basically. How do we know? Well, the, the hus- excuse me, the sons took Moabite women to be their wives. So Kilion married Orpah, and Malon married Ruth. So their household existed for some time. But then what happened? The scriptures say Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. Her sons, Malon and Kilion, died. And she felt, why am I staying here? She was alone with her two daughters-in-law. Orpah and Ruth, this wasn't her home. Why stay there? Well, she got news, and you know, news traveled in those days without computers or telephones or anything that we're used to, but news traveled, didn't it? And she got word that the Lord had blessed the land of Judah. Once again, there was food. 
she could go home. What a wonderful blessing. She didn't feel particularly blessed. In fact, she said, the hand of the Almighty has been against me. My family's gone. But she set out walking back home to Judah. She had her two daughters-in-law with her, didn't she? And I don't know about you, but I love pictures of people in my mind walking up the road. You know, it's such a beautiful picture. Remember the end of Luke 24 when Jesus meets the two men on the road to Emmaus and he talks and he explains the scriptures. And, you know, you just get this picture. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, every single week, every meeting in a synagogue, you, they read, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is, Lord is one. It's called the Shema. And then it talks about walking, how you teach your children when you walk along, when you ride, whatever you're doing, it's a teaching moment, isn't it? So Naomi's walking, and they're talking. And she's very sad, it seems to me. And she says to her daughters-in-law, listen, I have nothing to offer you. Go home, return, go back to your family, go back to your gods, don't stay with me. Can I give you a husband? No. Even if I got married tonight, she says, and had boys, had sons, would you wait for them to grow up, to get married to them? Of course not. What is she referring to here? Some of you may remember Deuteronomy 25 in the law. It says, if two brothers are living together and one of them dies, the other brother needs to marry the widow. So the family line, the name will be carried on. She said, I can't do that for you. I have no more sons. I have nothing to offer you. The hand of the Lord has been against me, she said. She begged them three different times. And Orpah said, okay, I'll go back. I'll return. What did she do? She wept. She kissed her mother-in-law. And she turned back. This is also a picture, isn't it, for something that we can get a lesson from. Do we want to turn back? You know, Jesus said, if you put your hand to the plow and turn back, that, that's not good. Lot's wife looked back, didn't she? We don't want to do that. You know, um, just for a moment in our story, Mark and I, we, you know our story, we became believers. We were living on the American Indian Reservation in South Dakota, and we had become believers at the same time, spiritual twins. And we left the American Indian religion we'd been involved in, and we began to go to church. I'd never been in a church setting. There we were. And we decided to go back to the American Indian uh, they always had a big meal after their all-night meetings that we used to go to. So we went to visit and thought maybe we could kind of witness at least something. We went back there, and I will never forget a woman came up to us from the, the tribe there, the Sioux Indians, and she said, you'll be back. You'll be back. And I thought, no, 
I'm not going back. I'm not going back. It was not a true religious, true Christian worship. But I thought, if I were from this tribe, maybe I would be tempted. And that's the problem, the temptation that comes to people to go back. Orpah went back. And so Naomi said to Ruth, what about you? Why don't you go back? After all, your sister-in-law went back to her gods, her people, her home. Maybe you can find rest, security, a husband. What did Ruth do? Irene, thank you for reading it. Ruth said no. What did she say? These beautiful words, I'll repeat some of them because they are famous and so gorgeous and should be our heart. Ruth chapter 1. Ruth said, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Now, very important, your people will be my people and your God, my God. Two women lived in the house of Elimelech and Naomi, Malon and Kilion. Only one really, really got it about God. Orpah may have loved God in some way. I have no idea. But Ruth, it took root in her heart, didn't it? It took root enough for her to say, I will not go back. I will not return to my old way of life. Don't urge me. Don't ask me because I will not go back. And that should be our testimony. That should be our life. And Naomi realized she couldn't urge her. She needed to just give in. So they went on together. They walked together to Bethlehem. Now there were two of them. And the news spread in Bethlehem when they arrived there. Again, news spreads. No matter what, it always does. And the news was, Naomi's back. Naomi's here. Everybody, gather round. They've come back. She has Ruth with her. Look, 10 years, more than 10 years, they're back. And Naomi said, don't call me Naomi. Naomi means pleasant. <laughs> yes. She said, call me Mara. That means bitter. We have a friend by that name. That means bitter. She said, call me Mara. The hand of the Almighty has brought misfortune upon me, she said. She said, when I left, I was full. Now I'm empty. Isn't it interesting that when she left because of the famine, she felt full? Why? Probably because she had her family with her. That's all I could think of. Maybe you know something else. When she came back, she felt empty because her family was not with her. And yet she was coming back to the fact that there was now food in her home area. It's interesting. What does that say to you? That says to me, when you feel empty, 
When you feel disappointed with God, it is not necessarily based on fact. It's not necessarily true, but it is because that's how you feel. And disappointment with God, bitterness like that, is a huge problem sometimes for us, isn't it? It keeps us from seeing the hand of God. It kept Naomi from seeing the hand of God. She said, I'm empty. Did she think for a minute that her daughter-in-law had given up everything to come with her? No, no. She saw herself. And that's what disappointment does. It blinds you. It blinds you. It makes you feel empty and down and discouraged. Mark, can you hand me the half? <laughs> I ha- No, just that one. I have to use a little illustration. Some of you know about, you can see either the glass is half full or half empty, right? Depends on how you look at it. We say that... Uh, pessimist sees it as half full. They're only looking at the top part, right? They think everything's negative, disappointing. Misfortune has come. The bottom half, an optimist says, but it's half full. God is still with us. (laughs) Don't give up. It's your choice. Which are you going to be? Well, Naomi was disappointed. She saw the glass, maybe totally empty. And that is not God's plan for us at all. Whose perspective do we want to believe? We can believe God's or we can believe our own when we feel disappointed. And I'm going to tell on myself a little bit here. Some years ago, I was going through a very hard time, and somebody asked me, how are you? And you know, most times you just say, fine, I'm doing fine, great. I don't know why, but I was just so down at that moment. I said to this person, you know, I feel like Lamentations chapter 3 Verse 18, (laughs) my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. That is how I felt. That's disappointment with God. Thank God I got over it. If you had told me I'd be standing here right now, that back then I wouldn't have believed it. I wouldn't have seen it. That's disappointment. And if you're feeling that way today, I encourage you to see the glass Well, you'll see in a minute, to see the fullness of God. I encourage you. So how does God want us to see things? What is his report? What is his perspective that Naomi did not have and did not see? Here's the other illustration. (laughs) The glass is completely full. If you are a believer, if you know the Lord, what does he say in John 10.10? I've come to give you life and to give it to the full, abundantly. He didn't give half his life, did he? He didn't give part of his love. He gave it all. Naomi didn't see that. 
All she saw was her misfortune in her own eyes. She didn't see the beautiful picture of Ruth joining her covenant community. This is like a, she didn't see that God was already making it possible for Jews and Gentiles to both come into his covenant. She didn't see that. She didn't see providence at work, the hand of God moving everything around the way he wanted it. Nope. She was empty in her mind. She felt empty. But I want to show you something. There's a wonderful verse that Irene ended with. The last verse in chapter 1, verse 22. It says, So Ruth returned from Moab, accompanied, excuse me, Naomi, I keep mixing these up, returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Did she see that the barley harvest was beginning? I don't think so. But you and I know from reading the book, and we're going to hear more from the other ladies who are going to be sharing, that the barley harvest was very important in this story. That's why it's read at Pentecost, one reason, because of the harvest. So she didn't see that, but the seeds of hope were there. But when you feel empty and disappointed, you don't see it. Remember Jesus' words in John 4.35? Open your eyes. We sang that in one of the songs. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. The fields are ripe for harvest. Open your eyes, Ruth. Well, Naomi. I keep mixing them up. I apologize. Open your eyes, all of us. Do I see the possibilities around me, the seeds of hope that God has planted, not when I feel I'm thinking of myself, I'm sad, I'm disappointed, I'm discouraged. We all get this way. Naomi didn't see what she saw by the end of the book, that her cup really was full. She couldn't see it then. I encourage us to be able to see it. I think God has several lessons for us. He wants us to be determined, as I said, not to turn back in our lives. We come to crossroads. We come to places where we think, I can't do it. I can't do it, God. And he says, walk with me. There's a path straight ahead. I want you to go with me. I'm not leaving you alone. I'm going with you. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to believe that when we feel discouraged that he has seeds of hope. And he wants us to do something else it mentions in 1 Peter 1.18. It says, you were redeemed from the empty, empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. He wants us to leave that past emptiness and come into the fullness and abundance that he has for us. Remember Ruth said to Naomi, nothing is going to separate you from me. I'm with you. 
Only death can separate us. What did Jesus say in Romans 8? He said it to us. You can't separate yourself from my love. You cannot. Nothing can separate us. That love that Ruth had is a picture of the love God wants us to have, the devotion, the faithfulness, the determination to follow him and to trust him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we have the privilege of serving you, of walking with you on your road. We thank you for for the example we have of Ruth who joined the family of God and even came into the bloodline of Jesus Christ. God, what a picture of your love, that you would extend love to a woman who was not of the Jewish family of faith and bring her in with such love and devotion. Help us to live our lives in that way and be determined to not turn back and to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.